Welcome to today's Pro AV Podcast, brought to you by MarketScale. I'm Sean Heath, and today's conversation puts me in touch with Casey Grant, the marketing coordinator, and Dave Davis, the vice president of sales and owner for Baker Audiovisual. Good afternoon, Casey and Dave. How are you today? Doing terrific. I'm really excited to have a chance to talk to you today because Baker Audiovisual, you really do a lot of interesting things, uh, notably in the world of sports. You were a, a huge part of the Emory Sports Medicine Clinic at the Atlanta Hawks training facility. And you also did some recent work on the Mercedes-Benz Stadium, coordinating, working alongside Dactronics. But before we get to all that, I always like to find out how people got to where they are when I meet them. If we could start off, Casey, if you'd kind of give me just the elevator pitch on how you wound up working at Baker Audiovisual. Well, here's the thing. I, I I was thinking about this, and Dave and I could bore you with the stories of how we each personally became involved with the AV industry, but we thought it was more interesting to talk about how Baker started in the AV industry because we've been around since 1953 which is a really rich history that we're, we're very proud of. We started as just a little hi-fi store in downtown Atlanta. And the owner, Harry Baker, he was getting a lot of requests from his customers for AV services. And um, him and his partner, Mr. Glenn, decided that they were going to jump on that opportunity to expand the business. And that was the birth of the residential AV division. It wasn't until after Mr. Baker's unfortunate and untimely passing that his partner, Mr. Glenn, decided to take it to the next level and formed our commercial AV division. Um, Now, today, we're strictly commercial. Um, Our leaders throughout our company's history really have been an integral part in bringing the whole AV industry to life. You know, back in 1953, this really wasn't a huge thing. There really wasn't a very well-developed industry. And our then VP, Duke Mewborn, his father um, was a part of Western Electric. We may now know them as AT&T today. And this company, they basically dominated the whole uh, motion picture sound industry. And when antitrust laws were brought about, uh, they were forced to kind of break up their operations. And a group of engineers from Western Electric, including Duke's father, started a a company you may have heard of called Alltech. And they were responsible for developing the sound, or the, excuse me, the movies with sound that were debuted in uh, 1927's The Jazz Singer. So we always thought that was pretty neat. Uh, Fast forward to 1965, uh, the Beatles were uh, going on their U.S. tour. The third stop on that tour was right here in Atlanta at Fulton County Stadium. We already had a great relationship with that stadium, had done work there before. And we were brought on to provide the audio for this concert. And what happened next was not just a really cool part of Baker's history, but really a part of the history of live sound altogether. And we provided monitors to the Beatles. The who? Who was that? <laughs> yeah, you may have heard of them. They were just this little outfit. Um, we provided monitors. It was the first time they were able to hear themselves on stage. Wow. 
And their manager, Brian Epstein, he wrote us after the tour and said that, quote, it was without question the most effective sound during their U.S. tour in 1965. You just described being part of one of the seminal moments in rock and roll history as if it was just like, yeah, so anyways, we did this sound for the Beatles, you know, you can brag a little bit. <laughs> it's crazy to say, right? It's it's weird saying it almost because it's so surreal. You know, we that's a part of our history and so we're we're kind of used to it in a in a weird sense and when you take a step back and you just say the words like, wait a minute, wow, that's just incredible. That's a logical place for you to wind up. As you mentioned, you know, Baker Audio You've kind of been in on the ground floor. You could almost say you're one of the founding members of the pro AV industry, not just in the United States, but worldwide. Yeah, this is, I, I would agree with that. And Casey uh, does a great job of describing our history, and there's so much more. And I think going back to the original question on how we became a part of this, uh, Baker, when people gravitate towards Baker, and they have for, you know, eons because of. Uh, the invented nature or just almost some of the really cool opportunities that we get pulled into. You know, it comes through some history of doing specialized technology for Delta Airlines, uh, getting involved in the invention of the first FIDS display, you know, even outside of audio. And there's just this rich history. And you're right, we kind of we kind of bypass it a little bit um, because, you know, the company is just a really cool place to be a part of and get to you know, get to try to think of what's the next thing that we're going to get to lay down in history. I have to tell you, my favorite part of this whole Beatles story is that we were actually invited. It was it was so incredible that we were invited to continue the rest of the tour, um, which we declined because we were really focused on growing the commercial AV business. And legend has it, <laughs> the um, the reason was there there wasn't a lot of future in some kids with long hair. So <laughs> I think we all know how that ended up. But um, it's just a it's just a funny little story. They only ended up sticking it out for like what nine years. I mean, pff, they were a flash in the pan. Mm -hmm. They were. <laughs> it really was. Just let's take a moment. I, I want to ask you this kind of a personal question. It has to feel a little overwhelming sometimes to realize just where you stand in this industry. But at the same time, it has to feel pretty cool to think, you know what, we're kind of a big deal and we're okay with that. Well, we definitely um, try to stay humble. We're very proud of what we do. We feel very fortunate to have been a part of so many incredible projects, works with so many wonderful companies and meet just some really inspiring individuals along the way. So to us, I mean, we're really the ones that are getting the treat. You know, we really feel privileged to be a part of so many great things. And being here in Atlanta now, and now we've expanded operations, we have satellite offices in North Carolina also Central Florida and then South Florida, you know, starting from just that little hi-fi store. We have been a part of so many different projects in Atlanta, you know, Fulton County Stadium 
and then that went to Turner Field. We had Georgia Tech, but we've been a part of that expansion as well. It's kind of surreal. You've worked on some ridiculously well-known projects. How do you approach working on projects that really start to get massive in size? Uh, I think every project has its own um, mechanism of thought. So for us, it it all starts even from the beginning, sales strategy on the kind of business that we're going to approach and watching uh, the type of business or the size of business that we're looking at or, or specific project and to start to pre-plan how that gets done. And that comes down to even just identifying by name the people that would be involved. And the scaling really comes to just um, good business practices where um, you know, you're bringing on people uh, per project base and, and you, know, you may continue for years that way and then scale down uh, as, as a subcontractor base helps support that, that business model. But really, we look at a project and if we can't answer how we're going to achieve it, uh, we typically don't approach the project. So it come, comes from that, what we call strategy. Some people call it smart business. So that's, that's how we do it. I think those are two sides of the same coin, actually. I think you described that very eloquently. What's it like working alongside these larger sort of concerns when you come in to collaborate on a project like that? Well, you know, every project, and you kind of said it earlier, even even the small ones, they don't have a multi-million dollar budget. They still have the same concerns, right, on how to pull uh, different trades and technologies together to make a holistic operation uh, function or organization function. Uh, and it's really no different. You know, you look at Mercedes-Benz, and this is just a, it's a daunting facility when you just stand back and look at it and think about everything that went through uh, putting that together. But it's it's really no different uh, in evaluating a boardroom that's you know, incredibly important to its shareholders who are meeting in there uh, on a quarterly basis. It has the same uh, level of importance. And so you've got to educate yourself on everybody who's involved to be able to know whether there's going to be some adverse moments or whether there's going to be a strong undertone of, of relationship that helps everybody get through. And Dactronics is one of those. For us, it's, um, Dactronics is interesting because they're, they're a competitor uh, at some points and, uh, and then they're a partner at some points. And we've had you know, the privilege of working through multiple projects uh, with them. And on this particular one, their performance was stellar. I have nothing but great things to say about Dak and their team. And, uh, and it was pretty amazing to watch them go through their process. So you mentioned earlier that you just kind of keep yourselves humble. You really don't get too full of yourselves, even though you would be totally justified in doing so, but you don't. And you're able to keep that sort of sensibility regardless of the scale of the project. You work in an industry that that's not always the case. Not every company has that same sort of vibe. But one thing that you all have in common is you're all seeing the same innovations that are kind of happening and you all have to adjust in different ways. What innovations are you specifically seeing in the industry that have kind of caught your attention? Um, uh, look at that in two parts. You know, the, the 
innovation in our industry. I mean, that's, that's what our industry is built on. It's always progressing in the technology that we're offering, no matter of the vertical type or no matter of the end user, uh, trying to find ways to give more uh, with, with a product that may consume less power, consume less space, uh, easier just for the overall end user to utilize. And so as we look at the industry, you know, we look at manufacturers currently trying to offer the all-in-one solution and with the rapid pace of our market um, those those manufacturers sometimes don't fully get to the developmental end of it which gives us a unique opportunity to partner with manufacturers and help them realize how the full package is is delivered uh, to that end user so there's multiple multiple levels of innovation I mean, particularly with mercedes-benz you know on the audio side we deal with things like uh, common uh, line array technology for for your typical speaker deployment in the uh, main seating area to you know what mercedes-benz elected to do which was more of a horn loaded um, power box uh, that that was that enabled them to use less speaker boxes but be able to produce a a lot of power and, and push long distances and so just really depends on the eye of the beholder really when you're talking about our industry and innovation but uh, it's moving quickly and we're all trying to trying to keep up particularly now is how much of our technology resides in an overall uh, IT infrastructure and so that we all kind of ride on the same wave if you would and letting the IT Technology dictate where our technology goes and how it gets deployed. And so it's pretty amazing to see how things are progressing. Now, I'm assuming that you will obviously be attending CES, although that's more consumer electronics. Do you keep an eye on the consumer side of things to kind of maybe get a head start on what might be coming to the corporate side of things? It's interesting you ask that. So, um, yes. Okay, beautiful. I don't want to make you give away any secrets. <laughs> we're, we're done. Uh, the consumer side drives everything we do, uh, whether the commercial side um, wants to admit that or not. What the CEO, founder, president, VP, you name whatever level it may be, whatever they get accustomed to in their everyday home use or what they experience at some sort of event 100% drives our market. So I can't tell you how many times that I have somebody come into a room and say, I do this at home. I would like to do that. And so that really drives it, drives it in, in the sports industry and in the suite experience. Uh, it drives it in the corporate world from the standard boardroom and uh, communication collaboration environment. It 100% drives what happens. Really, you are in the experience slash environment creation industry. That is what you're doing. You're creating an entire enveloping sort of environment for an arena goer, for a fan, or for a corporate event, uh, whether it's in a, a boardroom or some other sort of event that they're doing. You're really an integration, a sensory integration industry. You're looking for a sales job you just got one so that was great that was a terrific take on exactly what we did i'm trying not to geek out too much getting to talk to you because you guys are kind of a big deal and interestingly 
for me, I like the Beatles. I thought they were a phenomenon. They were great. But I mean, come on. You get to work with these sport, pro sports franchises and the way that the sports entertainment industry is changing so rapidly and trying to evolve almost in some cases faster than they should, but they're trying to evolve to turn a basketball game or a football game into not just watching the sport unfurl on the field or on the court. They have to take into account all these other choices that these fans could make instead of coming to the stadium. So they do need to put all these other experiences. And as you said, amenities that come with, hey, I could do this at home. They have to bring those in. They have to be very conscious of those. Keeping that in mind and without giving away anything that could get any of us in trouble, are there any projects kind of coming down the line that you're really excited about? All of them. So there's, you know, there, there, there are major facilities, obviously, as you know, uh, being built and, and under design on the West Coast and um, obviously in the Las Vegas area. So you have some of those experiences, which you, if you have seen uh, the renderings of those facilities, they're uh, they're they're next level type of type of design. Um, it's pretty exciting, but you know it it even gets down to take Major League Baseball and their AAA ballparks and and the type of experience that they're delivering to the fans at that level, uh, and a lot of people in that close environment. That type of facility um, are just you know as important as as the major uh, facilities. We're still getting that same good immersive experiential concourse experience, and they have the interactive displays. They have you know, this evolving um, session type of experience utilizing technology, and so uh, they're. When I say all of them, I'm not joking. They're, they're, every project that comes to the table now has a very interesting twist on how they're trying to make themselves stand out. Like you said, I think that's that's really coming to play on maybe they're growing into uh, this technological field a little faster than maybe they should. Um, you've probably heard some things in some of these venues where it's hard to keep patrons in the seats because the experience in the concourse levels are um, so incredible. And the architects are doing amazing jobs with viewpoints and being able to stand almost anywhere and take in this event that's happening uh, just as well as you would in your seat. So I think that's the challenge that the design community has on it is how do you deliver both and um, keep that you know long time history of you know fans in the seats and cheering on the team as well as keeping the interest in the experience level and coming out of your house and going to the you know, I've thought recently that sporting events are really turning more into social events. To a lot of fans, to a lot of patrons, it's almost as important just having a good time while they're there. Yes, you want your team to win, but if you hung out with some friends and you had this interesting interaction and, oh, this thing we did was cool, all of that adds up into a memory. It adds up into an experience. And ultimately, that's the best thing that you can get. Absolutely. Absolutely. And Dave used the exact word that I was thinking, and that's that fully immersive experience. I mean, heck, you don't even have to be a fan. You can just go hang out and have a great time and not even care about the football or the soccer or the baseball that's going on. I mean, you have so many options with these 
stadiums that are going up. I mean, it's, you know, just as much about that, that experience and being able to hang out with your friends and creating those memories as it is about the actual sports that are being played. You take a, take a look, even though jealous and we didn't do it, but SunTrust Park that was, that was constructed and the multi-use complex that surrounds that park, you have that same, uh, you have that same type of development design being done across the country. And that is an experience all in its own really branded around the Braves baseball team uh, and delivers this you know, very impactful everyday use of the facility. And I think that's where the ownership has gotten, gotten smart um, along the years is that how do I use this facility every day and not just for this specific sport? Well, I've really enjoyed having a chance to talk with both of you today. Today, I have been talking with Casey Grant, the marketing coordinator, and Dave Davis, the vice president of sales and owner for Baker Audiovisual. Casey, Dave, thanks so much for taking the time today. Thanks so much for having us on. We appreciate it. Thank you. It has been a pleasure. I hope you have a marvelous day, and I look forward to having the chance to talk to you each again down the road. Thank you so much.